Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Uh, probably easiest to track me down if you got comments, suggestions uh, on LinkedIn. I'd be Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD, BCGP, BCPS. Uh, also reach out, mededucation101 at gmail.com. And of course, as always, go to reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, check out our free 31-page PDF. I simply get it for subscribing uh, to the podcast. We update you with new uh, when new episodes are available, uh, as well as some of the, the new content, new books, things of that nature as well as, as well as some special discounts from time to time too. So um, definitely go check that out. Again, reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, snag your free 31-page PDF. All right, so ibuprofen is the drug of the day today. I have previously um, covered NSAIDs in the past, but I wanted to dig into more specifics uh, on this uh, medication. So first off, brand names that you're going to see used in clinical practice, Advil and Motrin. Those are by far the, the most common. Um, and you'll hear patients talk about these as well. So definitely a, a nice one to know the, the brand name there. Uh, classification, it is an NSAID, as I mentioned. So, you know, it's got analgesic properties, antipyretics, so it can manage fevers. And that's really mostly uh, what it's going to be used for. So pain relief, um, you know, fever relief, as well as associated with that pain, obviously, anti-inflammatory or inflammation uh, relief there as well. Mechanistically, how it does some of those things. Uh, so ibuprofen's technically classified as a non-selective um, NSAID, which means it inhibits COX-1 and COX-2. Uh, ultimately, that causes a, a reduction in prostaglandin formation. And if you remember, prostaglandins, uh, specific prostaglandins, uh, are responsible for causing pain, uh, fever, and, and inflammation, of course. Now, in addition uh, to you know, reducing that prostaglandin formation, uh, NSAIDs and ibuprofen uh, falls in that category, inhibits thromboxane A2. So by having that inhibitory effect um, on thromboxane A2, we can actually um, reduce or block or slow platelet aggregation. This increases the risk for that blood being thinner and increases bleed risk. Which is why, you know, we often hold NSAIDs before surgery, for example, and they're obviously, you know, need to be used in caution with anti other antiplatelet medications or anticoagulants, um, which I'll certainly talk more about with, with drug interactions too. Um, but that is, you know, mechanistically uh, how that uh, happens there. Uh, dosage forms and kinetics, I did want to touch on, because this is definitely going to, you know, have some variation from other NSAIDs. So with ibuprofen, it's one of the, the few that have a liquid formulation. And dosing with this medication is 4 to 10 milligrams per kilogram per dose. 
And particularly with that liquid, we really, really want to be careful uh, when we are instructing patients, uh, caregivers, to dial up or basically uh, measure out that dose. Because very, very uh, critical because I've seen situations of incidental overdose because of inappropriate measuring. So again, very, very important that you go through that uh, with the patient and they're taking the appropriate dose, particularly uh, in pediatric patients. So the most appropriate way to, to dose that medication uh, in our younger patient population is weight-based dosing. Uh, there are some, some variations and you may see age-based dosing as well, uh, which is, uh, you know, probably acceptable in, in most situations, but um, by and large, I generally go with the, the weight-based dosing. So there again, make sure you've got an accurate weight and an up-to-date weight if you're going to recommend a specific dose to, to a patient. Uh, dosing, as far as the oral agent goes, um, and, and you know what I think most you know, adult patients say, a you know, relatively healthy 30 or 40 year old, you know, they've got some aches and pains or something and they're going to take ibuprofen. Uh, one of the most important points uh, to make is that uh, ibuprofen does have a little bit shorter half-life than some of the other agents. So let's take uh, naproxen, another common uh, over-the-counter available NSAID. Naproxen's got a much longer half-life than ibuprofen. Ibuprofen's only about two hours. So we're going to have to redose ibuprofen uh, a little bit more often. And that can be good and bad. You know, if if you are having adverse effects, those adverse effects are going to wear off more quickly. Um, if, you know, the, the bad side of it is, you know, patients need to uh, be by their medication and, and take it more frequently throughout the day. So, uh, you know, can be some good and some bad with uh, short half-life drugs, depending upon um, the perspective that you're, you're looking at there. Uh, so adverse effect profile. Definitely wanted to take some time and go through some of the prescribing cascade things with you. So that's where we add a medication, we get a side effect, and then we add another medication to basically treat or manage that side effect. So um, GI bleeding, GERD symptoms, stomach upset, that is probably the most common uh, adverse effect with NSAIDs, and that's, you know, in ibuprofen. And that's why we try to take this medication with food. It can help with some of that or reduce some of that. So from a prescribing cascade, I've seen it so many times where a patient, usually an older patient, starts uh, a medication like ibuprofen, and within you know days to a few weeks, all of a sudden now you see they're diagnosed with heartburn or GERD or something like that, and they get put on a drug like omeprazole, a PPI, or an H2 blocker uh, to help with those symptoms. So really, really pay attention to the adverse effect profile uh, of a drug like ibuprofen. Another classic example is CHF. So uh, ibuprofen can cause fluid retention and if you see escalating doses of diuretics or a new start of furosemide for example, you got to go back, look, and, and make sure you recognize uh, that a drug like ibuprofen can cause those adverse effects. Uh, renal issues can happen. So 
uh, patients maybe particularly on diuretics and ACE inhibitors in combination with a drug like ibuprofen can really increase that risk of acute renal failure to a, to a larger extent. So again, most of these effects are dose dependent. The higher the dose you use, the more frequently it's being used, uh, you're more likely to encounter these things. Or if patients are on other meds, like I mentioned, that can exacerbate that risk. Uh, in addition to the ibuprofen, uh, that's a, a big deal there. Now, there is a boxed warning for uh, MI, and this is a, a, a broad categorization for all NSAIDs. Um, so MI, stroke, things like that, uh, NSAIDs have been shown to potentially increase that risk, and we do have a boxed warning. So that's definitely something to be cognizant of and something um, to look at your individual patient and say, okay, how much risk are they going to be at? You know, are they already at high risk for cardiovascular issues? And what other options do we have to manage pain? So that can certainly uh, be a, a challenging situation uh, when you get out in practice is weighing that risk versus the, the benefit there. One other thing I've seen in clinical practice is blood pressure. So again, kind of a dose-dependent effect. As we raise the dose, it's more likely to happen. Um, but I have seen NSAIDs contribute and ibuprofen contribute to uh, resistant hypertension. Okay, So if you see a patient with escalating uh, blood pressure medications, maybe amlodipine or lisinopril, and you're maybe not getting the response you think you should be getting, uh, that could be a situation where a drug like ibuprofen is contributing um, to that hypertension. Uh, there also was uh, a recent uh, newer update in um, pregnancy, and that uh, was a special FDA alert. It is considered an update, uh, not necessarily a boxed warning, at least at this point in uh, early 2021, uh, but that is a special FDA alert on uh, fetal uh, kidney problems and, and development, and usually that's uh, so far what they've seen is 20 plus weeks gestation. So important to think about that and, and think about the use of, of uh, NSAIDs and the potential inappropriateness of using it. Again, kind of going to depend upon um, what other options we have. And, you know, in, in my perspective as, as a pharmacist, I play it pretty safe uh, when it comes to pregnancy and, and using medications. And it absolutely uh, must totally outweigh uh, the need must totally outweigh any potential risks uh, to that, that fetus. So that's definitely something you're going to want to keep keep tabs on with the use of NSAIDs uh, as maybe more uh, data is found out regarding that special uh, FDA alert. All right, so let's take a quick break from our sponsor. We'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material like NAPLEX, ambulatory care, medication therapy management, pharmacotherapy, or geriatrics, definitely go help support our sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Uh, in addition, if you're a nurse, a dietitian, physician, a PA, nurse practitioner, we've got all sorts of different resources, books uh, involving case studies and clinical pearls. Uh, and you can find uh, all those links at meded101.com slash store. Uh, also, take advantage of our free Audible book. So if you've never tried a book on audible.com, 
uh, you can uh, actually listen to, to one of uh, mine for free and, and get the whole six, eight, ten hours, depending upon the book you select, Pharmacotherapy, Thrill of the Case, or my uh, latest Audible book on drug interaction. So go check those out for sure. All right, so finishing up on drug interactions, um, the first one I, I think about and I see a lot of is the GI bleed risk. So I mentioned anticoagulants, antiplatelets. These can have a cumulative effect and thin out that blood even more with an addition of a drug like ibuprofen on board. Uh, ACE inhibitors, ARBs, diuretics, uh, those work on the kidney. They can cause acute renal failure on their own, but combining with with ibuprofen and its renal effects can increase the risk even further. So be really, really cautious. We need to be monitoring creatinine and kidney function as we're using NSAIDs. Really, really important thing to do. Uh, In addition, older patients are going to likely be at more and more risk as they get older uh, in combination with those other meds too. Uh, Hypertension meds. uh, So that's kind of, again, kind of a general uh, opposition type effect where ibuprofen can raise blood pressure and oppose what we're trying to do uh, with meds uh, that lower blood pressure. Lithium used in, in bipolar disorder. Concentrations can be increased with the use of, of ibuprofen. Uh, definitely one that I have come across in clinical practice. And again, the accessibility of ibuprofen, it being over-the-counter, uh, you see a lot of situations where uh, healthcare providers, pharmacists, physicians, whoever is helping to work with that patient, uh, things get missed because the patient goes and they start taking this medication uh, on their own. So very, very important uh, to remember to educate your patients to ask questions um, and remind their healthcare providers that they're starting a new medication and ask for permission, even though it is over-the-counter, um, because there there are a ton of drug interactions uh, with ibuprofen and, and obviously a lot of the, the NSAIDs in general. Um, more along the lines of, of GI risk, GERD, GI bleed risk, uh, bisphosphonates, the oral bisphosphonates like alendronate, um, that can potentially have some uh, additive effects on that GI bleed risk, uh, you know, esophageal ulceration risk. Uh, corticosteroids can be kind of hard on the stomach for some patients and, again, may increase uh, that risk for uh, GI adverse effects. Uh, and then lastly, you know, I mentioned uh, the CHF risk. Um, we could potentially oppose some of the beneficial effects uh, that we're getting from a drug like furosemide in trying to run off fluid. You know, a drug like ibuprofen can potentially oppose that benefit. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for today. If you enjoyed the podcast, leave a rating review on iTunes. Thank you so much to those of you who have already done that. Uh, Go sign up, reallifepharmacology.com. Get that free uh, 31-page study guide on the top 200 drugs. Great little resource if you're taking pharmacology courses, taking a board exam soon, or just need a quick refresher. Uh, Also, share us. Friends, colleagues, students, um, definitely uh, share the podcast. Help spread Uh, the education around. So again, I'm Eric Christensen, pharmacist, signing off. Track me down on LinkedIn or mededucation101 at gmail.com. And I'm going to sign off for today. 
thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.